Hi, before we start, we have a trigger warning klaxon. James is in a bipolar low at the moment, so although James is here with us, he's not able to participate as he usually would, which means you'll be hearing more from me and less from him. We thought it was important to still go ahead with this, though, because it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time for any of us. And we really think that it's important to show this because just as all of you go through really rough times, so do we. You're not alone in that. We're not delivering this podcast as fixed human beings and telling you how you can be fixed just like us. We're broken just like you. And we're going through all of this together with you. Also, we know that bipolar and ADHD are common comorbidities. So for those of you that also struggle with bipolar, you're not alone either. Welcome to episode 92, 92, bloody hell, we're getting close to 100 now, of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I am Sam Brown, the person who, despite taking medication, is still like this. And as usual, I'm joined by the man who puts the tit in titration, that doesn't really work, Dr. Alex Connor, and the man who takes all the medication and is still broken, Professor James Brown. Hi, Alex. Should we have James in for this? Should no. I have let him know? Nah, fuck it. Let's do it on our own. Okay. It's rough for 15 seconds. I can square. Salutations for the medic medication, titration. I don't know. I can't even do it. Hello. Uh, hi. <laughs> I don't know. I think I need to check whether James should be here with us. Should I? Nah, screw it. Let's, nah, let's leave him out there. We'll call him in when he's ready. You know what he's like. How are you? Okay. I have to ask. Oh, God. Um... Not great. Um, yeah, James is obviously in a low. I think it's been caused by me. He says it's not because it's just bipolar. So then obviously that has a knock-on effect and I'm feeling low too. And yeah, and, and, and we should be feeling really good because obviously we did the live podcast, which mostly went really well. Um, but we're not. And that's just how it works, isn't it? That <laughs> things just don't happen as expected. Most people just say they're fine. <laughs> How are you, Alex? I am excellent, thank you. Yeah, really still processing the bonkers meeting of 400 like-minded, and that is not a normal like-minded people in London. Um, still digesting it all and thinking about it all, and, and at the same time, the number of listeners is increasing. One of them sent us a letter, but it's, you know, it's mainly about James. <laughs> Well, like, come on anyway. I will. I, I will. Well, the, the letter comes from a Robert from Kidderminster. It oh, says, hi, I Robert. To, I know, hi. It says, I listened to your episode of Diagnosis with Dr. Nick. Why aren't you a proper doctor? I guess it even took you 600 years to become a professor. And, and that's an honorary professor at that. <laughs> Thanks, How Robert. This, this, feels, this feels like really kicking someone while he's down, which it I is, Al, yeah. like. I like it. <laughs> We've had a real okay, letter. Okay, we've got a real letter. Okay, yeah. go on. I don't know if we've checked if we're allowed to read it out, so but I'm just going to... And I don't know how to pronounce it anyway, but this is from Jane? Does that Jamie? sound like a name? I don't know. Anywho, it says, Hi, wavy hand. 
Just wanted to send a note to say a massive thank you for, for all taking the time to record the podcast. It's so bloody obvious how much you all care about ADHD awareness and education. And you are also unapologetically yourselves, which is awesome. Timely letter. Thank you, Jane. As someone who's recently been diagnosed, listening to the podcast makes me feel like significantly less of a freak, which is comforting. Your podcast has also empowered me to stop trying to repeatedly force my very square peg into the usual neurotypical holes. Ding! And accept myself for who I am. You are all wonderful and inspirational. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you for that, Jamie. And our ludicrous international number. Is it up by one now? No, no, Sam, it's not. It's oh. it's, it's increased. It's increased by uh yeah, oh no, one. You're right. Yeah, it's up to 150 countries, and the latest country almost probably certainly isn't Barbados, but you know we pretend it is. So a huge oh, and like hearty. Barbados. I um, fancy knowing that. I've just remembered what you used to do for a living. Howdy, something to sounded rude, isn't it? Air, air steward, right? Howdy, yeah, cabin crew, yeah. Right. He's James is making me say offensive things. That doesn't feel right. Anywho. Hello, howdy, to whoever accidentally asked their Alexa to play a good podcast and then stopped listening after 37 seconds. Hi, everyone from Barbados. As usual, this shell of a broken woman who's pretending she's fine to record a podcast when her husband's in a mental health crisis and she's on the edge of one herself of a podcast is a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. Last week was about routes to diagnosis in the UK with the brilliant Dr. Nick. And this week to follow up with what is usually the next step for us, titration. The three parts as usual include a dull start with Alex, the psycho, talking about what titration is, our personal reflections, (laughs) <laughs> and our titration process and then uh, I don't know I think I called it wanking last week so we'll stick with that anyway Alex tell us without referring to birds or castles if you possibly can what is medication titration yeah you see you don't have to be mean just because James is I was expecting this would be one of those things where we that you wasn't know, mean we put a not <laughs> that, that sounded more like a threat though than yeah anything it else <laughs> So back when James and I used to be relatively polite to each other on this podcast, which is episode two, that's when we first talked about ADHD medication. And for a quick recap, there are currently four medications available in the UK. Three, what they call stimulants, methylphenidate, dexamphetamine, and lisdexamphetamine, and one non-stimulant medication, atomexetine, atomoxetine, sorry. Medication does not work for everyone with ADHD, but it's pretty good. About four-fifths of us can be successful when we get the right med. The drugs are one of, if not the most, successful medication used in psychiatry in general. But you can't just start taking them at a set dose, like antibiotics, where they flush your system. There is a process by which they've got to get the right dose for the right person and settle down with that. That's called titration. Okay. And how does it work? Do they start everybody on the same medication and then try them in the same order? How do they, you know, decide what to do? It's a genuinely a good question. Sam, you're just better at this than James. Let's get rid. <laughs> the, the, when he's struggling, you know, let's get rid. Final nail in his coffin, which he actually has. The Anywho, yeah. the people who prescribe ADHD meds 
who can be usually psychiatrists, but can be non-clinical um, or rather non-psychiatrics prescribers, such as uh, prescribing nurses or pharmacists. Generally, they all have an individualized approach. One psychiatrist I spoke to the other day said that they always start on methylphenidate, largely due to the cost of the NHS, because it was in the UK. But that's just them. Stepping back a little bit, the stimulant medications are the first line drug that anyone really, any doctor will choose unless they are not suitable for health reasons, like a, a previous, heart, previous heart condition. Before starting medication for ADHD, People with ADHD should have, and almost certainly will have, a full assessment, which should include, are you ready for a boring list? Of course yeah, you are. Yeah, always. A review of their mental health and social circumstances. B, current education or employment circumstances. Three, risk assessment for substance misuse and drug diversion. And fear, a review of physical health, including medical history, uh, taking into account conditions or meds that might be contraindications for specific treatments also baseline height weight blood pressure blah blah you may be required to have an ecg or heart trace done first most people in fact do have that so what if like james you've got a history of heart disease in the family and you haven't made any attempt whatsoever to look after your heart what happens also then like james well, well james's heart is 350 years old so needs a bit of a bit of help anywho Needs, you know, just a touch of paint. I say paint, I mean blood. He needs blood. Any, what, what was the question? I got distracted <laughs> making vampire jokes. What if you've got a heart condition and you haven't made any attempt to look after your heart? Yeah, yeah. No, it's another good question. Some circumstances, they'll refer you to cardiologists and they'll give you the once over if needed. I'm supposed to say something else now, but something occurred to me when you were saying the first thing and I don't know if I should say it or not so well we can cut it out if you can't answer you mentioned about people with uh, substance misuse yeah so will they not let people take medication if they've got a history of substance abuse and, and why it's not a history of it it's uh, currently using a lot well currently using right. so okay. yeah when I remember I originally went for alcohol um, problems. They insisted that I don't take alcohol while I do it. I mean, it turns out they didn't check, which was foolish with me because um, I lasted about a day and a half. But yeah, so you, you the meds block cocaine and, and other drugs and alcohol, they block the medications for ADHD from working properly. Right. And they also exacerbate your symptoms. We all know they're not good. We don't judge you, do we? Because we all need things sometimes. <laughs> and that's just yeah. my word. But yeah, they do stop it working. So they, and we, and we know, and it's difficult. So that so they, they're not supposed to combine the two, essentially. And all okay. Thank you for that. You can carry on now. Okay. So <laughs> once you've had all the pre-checks, the official guidance from NICE, which is the, the uh, in the UK, it's the NHS's route for clinical excellence, how they, the guidelines for everything. They say, offer lisdexamphetamine or methylphenidate as the first pharmacological treatment for adults with ADHD. So that's where most of us start, either on meth, methylphenidate or lisdex. So titration is the process by which how much of that and whether they're effective and they measure your symptom scores for that and they look at your side effects, all that's recorded with you and them. And they work out, A, are the meds working? And two, are the side effects tolerable to you? 
titration generally works in 12-week chunks. So after six weeks, if your meds aren't working at all, according to the NICE guidelines, you consider switching to the other one. Let's say Lizdex for adults who've had a six-week trial of methylphenidate at an adequate dose, but have not derived enough benefit in terms of reduced ADHD symptoms, associated impairment, and so on. And that works in vice versa for, for Lizdex and methylphenidate as well. Um, also, Lizdex is prolonged release or, you know, re being released throughout the day in your body. So that can cause too many side effects. A shorter acting version of that called dexamphetamine can be offered. Okay. So those are the rules. I've been in titration much longer than six weeks and they haven't changed my medication. So if those are the rules, why haven't they changed them? In this case, it's because they don't want you anywhere near their clinic. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not true. This, no, this is a good point. This is where it's a grey area. So NICE guidelines are just that, they're guidelines. And some people who do titration, titrators, titrators, will have their own approach. And that will be more personalised. Prescribers, yeah. Um, so what about people that can't take stimulants? Um, absolutely, Sam. There is another option. Oh, what about ADHD? bloody ADHD? 70% of people <laughs> with ADHD do respond to the stimulants. But that still leaves plenty of people for another 10%. The non-stimulant route may work to a certain extent. Back to the NICE guidelines, they say offer the non-stimulant atomoxetine to adults if they can't tolerate Lizdex or methylphenidate. Or their symptoms have not responded to separate six-week trials, oh, I'm boring myself, of Lizdex amphetamine and methylphenidate. Having considered alternative preparations, adequate doses, yada, 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 it's also important to say that for some, medication seems like a golden bullet instantly. And for many, many others, it doesn't. It takes time. And even then, remember our old friend, shitty metacognition. We're not very good at paying attention. We often, and I'm well guilty of this myself. I think we all are in this room. We often don't think it works when it objectively does. So like ask your partner, ask people around you, have your symptoms changed? Maybe productivity? etc so yeah it's a tricky one brilliant thank you so much for that alex we're going to take Let's a break now and we'll Go come on. back in part two with personal re reflections on medication <laughs> titration can we introduce this every uh podcast that when i do the boring psychoeducation a bit james has to say that was brilliant well done because i think that we should <laughs> i don't imagine. think that's going to work for him no do i <laughs> Okay, we'll see you in a bit. Alex, hi. Hi. What's up? Hello, Governor. Hey, yeah. Um, apparently, I'm able to do this bit, or so I've declared. So, this is part two of episode 92 of the ADHD Adults podcast, where we're talking about medication titration. And we'll go into personal reflections. Let's start with Sam. What about yours? Oh. As you're being titrated so at the minute. Yeah, I am. So I'm still in titration. I'm currently up to 70 milligrams of Elvance, which is Lizdex amphetamine. Um, and I'm really lucky. I've got a really good prescribing nurse that monitors everything for me really closely. She thinks that I haven't seen the optimum benefits yet, which makes me think that I'm not reporting correctly <laughs> because I keep telling everything, everyone else that things have improved so much for me. So I think I might need to go back and speak to her a bit for that. Uh, I should say that, I, so I have tics 
and I'm on a stimulant medication, which did make me tick a little bit more with each um, increase of my dose. And when I'm really stressed, I still tick a lot more. But then I did before anyway. But I think I'm hyper aware of every little change. And I think lots of people probably are this way during titration because we, we we think that everything's down to the medication so any little bit if our mood is low or ticking more or whatever it is we think my god it must be the medication whereas there's lots of other things that it could be so for me I've realized as I've spoke to you before that lots of it is down to hormonal changes for me or external changes like being stressed um but I monitor it all the time and feedback and so we're I think I'm probably on the right drug for me at the right um um amount but it's been a long time actually i think i started titration in october and it's now march so my my i was going to say titration officer my prescribing nurse is really good and is <laughs> and is taking things really slowly for me um because i'm not really sure and i'm really honest about that and will say oh i don't know if i'm having these side effects because of the so then she'll you know we'll take it back or be longer on that dose before we go up to the next dose and I've been on 70 milligrams for quite a while now oh and I should say that I split my dose to help with the ticking um, because we thought that that might help but also I think it probably helps it last a bit longer I don't know um, but I don't notice my drugs kicking in or wearing off either which I think might be unusual I don't know I think you're raising your hand Alex but it's hard to tell because you're in background yeah. shit Again, we're not really supposed to bring attention to that. It's part of the audio medium mystique with a Bob Bang flex. Um, I, I was going to come in with a question, which I'm, I've always been interested in the ticking thing, because you said ages ago, I think, might have just forgotten, that you're less likely to mask in front of people you trust, because I noticed you ticking more, but I don't think you used to do it in front of me. Is that true? And is it physically painful to not do it, to mask it? Um, I, I can't really mask my ticks. Right, they're okay. something I can't control at all. So my stims, um, I can definitely mask because, you know, I'm aware that I'm doing them because it's kind of a, a comfort thing or a stimulation thing. I'm aware that I'm doing them. Um, my tics, I'm not aware that I'm doing them at all a lot of the time until they're pointing out to me and I can't mask them. So it, and, mm. and sometimes it can cause me a lot of shame if people that don't know that I tick will say, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't help it. I tick. So no, I can't. I can't control my ticks at all. I can't mm. stop them. I try and suppress them sometimes, but it just feels like this build up, and then they kind of come back more severe and, and more often. So no, I can't hide my ticks, but I can hide my stims. I really want to not ask James because it'd be funny because he's really struggling. But only that'd be funny hilarious. Yeah. It would. But I feel we have to change. When you met your titration officer for the first time, what, what was that like? Um, I'd just like to start by saying sometimes being in a low place is beneficial because neither of you have mentioned my hair, have you? And I'm pretty I, sure I that both of you are thinking. I want, exactly, I exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you didn't. And and kudos to you both. Um, so mm. some. So what I say, the first thing is what Sam said about titration. So the twelve, the twelve week thing. Although I have to say, it does look like someone's found the negative photographs of a Superman comic. <laughs> I don't take that as a as a as a as a. I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, yeah. actually. Oh crap! Yeah. I didn't think that through. Exactly. Thank you. 
the 12 the 12 week thing is um it's largely down to funding from commissioners so they'll fund block fund blocks of 12 weeks normally but i have heard anecdotally people who've been in titration for up to two years which sounds ridiculous but okay they'll often cycle through every different drug and then combinations of drugs but normally it normally it's over in between 12 and 24 weeks remember i went private when that was a simpler thing to do and I went straight on to Lisdex, but that's because I have binge eating disorder. And because Lisdex amphetamine, again, any any child of the 90s will know that speed doesn't make you eat normally. Um, having my Lisdex and also, well, yes, but you're, as we all know, very unique, Mrs. ADHD. Um, um, I And I also split my dose. I'm not going to say the name of the person, but an incredibly well-known uh comic actor i was chatting to through the charity account said that they split theirs for the same reason so i asked my psychiatrist and they said yeah absolutely that's fine so i'm on 70 milligrams of lisdex and i split it 50 straight away and then 20 and with my process i started off this is the interesting thing about about that individualized approach you'll hear people start at different doses go up by different amounts i started on 20 milligrams of lisdex and it did fuck all and then I moved on to 30 after a week. And that really, again, I didn't feel anything. Then I got to 40. And what I noticed was that my mood increased. Now, Lizdex increases serotonin as well as dopamine and noradrenaline. So it's possible that that was a, you know, a mood, a mood thing because of that. Um, but I was also more motivated. And that, that didn't necessarily mean I could engage with tasks more, but I wanted to engage with tasks more. So at 40, I started to notice things happening. Went up to 50 and then 60 and around those doses i started being able to do more work being able to do more around the house a bit um and then I ended up on 17 to be honest there wasn't really a difference between 60 and 70 but i didn't have any side effects so i thought you know i go on 70 because i don't brag to alex you're on a toddler's dose and i'm on top dose that was literally the you main reason like i agreed to go on 70 i do i do <laughs> now Here's the interesting thing, and this is something lots of people will report. Even on 70, and I said this to my psychiatrist using these exact phrases, it's done fuck all for me. And my psychiatrist said, well, you've just sent in your latest. This is after I'd gone through titration and was passed back to the psychiatrist for my discharge appointment. And they said, but I've, I've looked at your, your ASRS, your symptoms at the start, and now and every single symptom has moved to the left. left. Every single of one of those 18 symptoms has got better um and you know metacognition's a bitch i genuinely thought well these aren't going to work for me then even though I, I i knew i was doing more stuff but those individual symptoms of losing things you know struggling to stay seated when staying seated is expected being driven by a motor they all felt like they were still very present and hadn't changed but i had written them down as being instead of very often often instead of often sometimes etc so it, it is for me, it wasn't a magic bullet. I didn't expect it to be, but it did. It did help me start to, I suppose, do do stuff and and have ridiculous hair. Jesus, look at it. What about you, That's Alex? Actually... Oh, no, go on. Oh. No, I was just going to say that there's loads of things there that you said that made me realise that I hadn't said them and hadn't covered it all at all. It was the same <laughs> with me. I didn't notice any effect with my medications at all until I got to about 50 milligrams. And the same with me with 60 and 70. There isn't a lot of difference, but again, thought might, might as well carry on. And the main difference for me has been my mood and my anxiety. That's what it's improved. But also I get reward from work. And I kept saying to James, and this 
is really bad because obviously list sex amphetamine and and um and um stimulants that we take as medication are completely different from speed and it is something that we need to put across that you know we get there are loads of people all the time on social media that equate medications that are amphetamines as the same as street speed and it's not at all but I think in my mind I had got that and I kept saying to James I can't feel anything yet because I think I thought it was going to be like when I was raving in the 90s and I would feel something and it's not it's completely different this is a, a pharmaceutical drug that has been developed for this this is not a drug that's been made in somebody's bath you know bathroom that's um, amphetamine sulfite or whatever it's completely different and I think we need to put that across because we need to kind of quash those negative things that people say about the um equivalence between speed and speed sorry al you go on what if i said that your hair looks like if there was a key change you'd have to stand up off a stool with the rest of nsync and start singing <sighs> actually no one said no one said nsync before i've had i've had a bit of westlife thrown at me but so, um, yeah I don't know who they are. It was just something in my head of it. Probably a boy brand. Is, is that one? Is that one? Have I done one? Yeah, 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 it's close enough. Anyway. So, so my, my titration stories are a bit embarrassing because both times, no one's ever asked me. Like, what? ever. I haven't filled in anything. I've never filled in a form. Never had a no. conversation. Yeah, ever. So both times. Um, well, actually, three times. The first time methylphenidate, I, I had a conversation, but it was back in the day. And I just said that'll do at one point because I was afraid. I'm afraid of drugs. I'm medication hesitant, hippie, famously. Yeah. So just stopped at that level of methylphenidate. And it wasn't good enough for me. It was a bit, bit better. But then, then I stopped doing them for years. I went back on them, and I realised it wasn't quite right. I, I knew a lot more by then. In, absolutely coincidentally, started working with James. He has zero credit for <laughs> anything I've done. But no, it was because James talked to me about it. And so when I went titrated on Lizdex, same thing. No one's ever asked me. I just wow. did it myself. And I just kept saying, oh, give me more until I stopped. I was also, I wonder if this is similar to anybody else. I was tempted to go way too far and pretend it was fine just to get loads of high, like, because I thought it might, I like drugs, essentially. But I had to persuade myself not to do that because for the reasons you've given Sam, it isn't that kind of high, is it, at all? It's no, just it's really not. It's completely constant. different. No, a, a bit rubbish, to be honest. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I essentially just figured out what the right dose was. I'd take 40 migs of Lizdex and and I take it once a day. And then by about, I mean, I, I'm one of the really unusual ADHDers who doesn't have sleep problems. The vast, I think 78% of people with ADHD have sleep disorder. And on average, we're two hours delayed in when we naturally go to sleep. And I'm about an hour early compared to the normal population. So, I don't need, you know, I don't have that problem. I know it's a big one for many. And what what I do notice is of some side effects, dry mouth, and um, when I'm concentrating for too long, I get really stiff shoulders and arms because normally I'd be wiggling about all the time. And uh, it affects my stomach a little bit, and I, I, it doesn't affect my appetite, but it does slightly reduce my enjoyment of food. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. Mm -hmm. No. Um, yeah, no. and and that's my that's it really. No one's ever checked. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? That's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I never thought about it. Yeah, I think what it what, what it what it 
what it, what it does highlight is is that the the disparity between services and titrators again as i said earlier some of them are psychiatrists some of them are um, retrained if you like uh, pharmacists some are nurses that have done a qualification become an adverse advanced nurse practitioner and you know, some of them may have 10 years of, of experience of titrating meds for adhd and some may have been doing it for six months and therefore it, it will vary i'm not saying that i'm not saying any healthcare professional it necessarily isn't amazing but uh, like 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 any other healthcare professional they are all slightly different in terms of their experience and knowledge i really like that sam's looking down when it's her bit on the script i'm intrigued to see where this is going to go <laughs> I was yeah i know sorry i was thinking about other things that i hadn't said but i can say till thursdays now it's time for our weekly game of what has james lost forgotten or mislaid this oh week? He, he's far too sad it. to do this no he's too sad it wouldn't work. i'm gonna it's do it on something game. that james did game. A long time ago. Uh, is the answer is is the answer is hairbrush? <laughs> I don't think he brushes his hair. Right. So I'm going to give you three choices. Okay. So back in the I don't know 1400s when James got his first <laughs> mobile phone and they were the size of like bricks. Yeah. How did he manage to fuck this up? Okay. Did he yeah. immediately lose the means to charge his phone and never got around to buying a new charger? So it was basically never used this phone. Did he immediately lose the phone? Bear in mind that it's the size of a fucking house brick so that he could never use the phone. Or did he immediately forget his phone number, giving the wrong phone number out to everyone so that nobody ever called him? Wow, that's a good one. I really, that's hard. Um, I don't think it's the wrong phone number nobody calls him because nobody would call him anyway. So it can't be that one. I don't think he immediately lost the phone because it's they're the size of a house. And so I think he immediately lost the charger. That's what I think. James? Oh, no, no I am. Um, Delighted. Yeah, so... I didn't understand phones. This was in 1993 when you just had one tiny little digital display and all you could do is type a number in. And nowhere, before SIM cards as well, there wasn't a SIM card. It was something in the phone. And nowhere did it tell me what my phone number was. But on the back of a battery was a number that looked about the right length, which I assume was my phone number, but it was the battery serial number. So I gave everybody the battery serial number. And then for 12 months, never made nor received a phone call. And the saddest thing is, Al, that clearly nobody yeah. tried to call the battery serial number and then somehow else get in touch and say, your phone number's not working, you know? Oh, that That's because no one else had phones back then. Yeah, what are they going to phone? Well, the phone yeah, I'm not paying phones. 50p a minute for that. Mm, it was 42 wow, pounds a I, minute. <laughs> I can vividly remember phoning my ho my landline phone, my mum and dad's landline phone in the early 90s, and then dialing 1471 to hear my, what my mobile phone number was because I hadn't got a clue. Oh, clever. So, yes, yeah, so James paid seven... for an entire year um, for a phone that he didn't use. Back when it was a lot more money for yeah. a shit phone. I think that's 7.6. I think you're behind now, Well, 7.6, is that right? For the year? No, well, it's about obviously not because I can't remember. Oh, oh fuck off. Really level. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, thanks for that, guys. We'll take a break and come back in part three with wanking. Top tips. 
top tickets, tippets, whatever. Bye. See you in a bit. <laughs>welcome back to episode 92 of the adhd adults podcast far superior podcast to normal because it's hosted by mrs sam adhd brown and and with me and james is here a bit i guess he has to be with his with his hair and his slightly sadness we've uh we're we're challenging we're challenging podcast norms today because there is absolutely no way James should be doing uh, this podcast, but he's agreed that he wanted to and we are. We listened. We are talking about medication titration today, as always, with tip topics, spunk trumpeting or wanking, as Sam started to call it. We're giving our top tips on medication titration because I'm being nice today and it doesn't sit well. I'm going to come straight to James. James, have you got a tip from titration? <clears throat> yeah, I have. Um, first thing is, if you're medication hesitant, just try them. I, I know a few people who um, I was I talked about this years and years ago, a bit medication hesitant when you first told me that you were ADHD. But when it got round to diagnosis, I would have taken any drug in any dose to to not be who I was. So if you are medication hesitant, you can try them. We're talking about medications which have been tried and tested with proven effectiveness and proven side effects. And if you compare that to some of the non-pharmaceutical compounds that people suggest you take, like lion's mane, you know, like omega-3 oil, for which there is no evidence for them being effective in adults at all. Um, they're also chemicals. And if they are effective, they will be doing the same thing as a pharmaceutical chemical. They will be getting into your brain and making things work different. So I don't understand the difference between the two. So maybe be willing to try them. You, you don't have to obviously carry on, but try them. If you do go into titration, it's really important we, we talk about that, this in coaching. If your aim is to not have ADHD, you are not going to succeed in that aim. So if your aim with medication is to be cured, you know, again, you're not going to succeed in that aim. Everybody's slightly different. I know people who are on 20 milligrams of Lizdex have gone, fuck me, is this what normal people's brains are like? And straight away, they just, they can think, they can focus, they can do stuff. And I know people that, that you know go, go to the higher ends of methylphenidate where they're having slow release and fast release and its percentages and going back to when we had dr nick on he i think quite eloquently said that it just makes you more functional the medication allows you to do stuff look at sam with a pencil and a pen on her lip um the medication <laughs> allows you to fully medicated the medication allowed just allows you to do more stuff it's it's you know it's i don't want to make a really awful analogy for other disabilities but it's like uh, the, the types of things that people with other disabilities would use to help them to get around or help them to to hear something or see something it, it just helps and the last thing i'll say and this is really important because this is for me and this is adhd when I think Sam was probably on about 50 milligrams or something. And she just said to me, it's it's not doing anything. It's not had any effect. And I said, you, you've gone from within, within the space of about eight weeks, lying on your bed for eight hours a day, playing on your phone, hating yourself because you can't do anything 
to doing eight to ten hour days of work to the point where I felt lonely sat downstairs because she was working till seven o'clock at night and you don't think it's done anything. And in, and in my case as well, I said to the psycho psychiatrist, it's done fuck all, it's pointless. And they said, all your symptoms have changed. So when you fill in, if you're asked to, unless like Alex, no one cares and they just let you take the drugs. If they ask you to yeah, fill okay. in an ASRS, don't just fill it in yourself. Ask your, your partner or your housemate or somebody that knows you about these symptoms. Because as we've said, with metacognition, the answers you put on a Monday can be different to the answers you put on a Wednesday because we are shit at thinking about how we think. Um, those are my tips. What about you, Mrs. ADHD? Yeah, all of that. All of that's true. Um, we're not very good at knowing at, at knowing what... I can't, I can't even speak. Monitor all your side effects and <laughs> your symptoms. Not what? As much as you can. <laughs> I've forgotten what I'm saying. All your side effects and the benefits as much as you can and be aware that you're going to analyze every little change and put it down to medication constantly. So I know it's, it's hard, but go slowly ding, to monitor your symptoms over a longer period. Ah, Oh fuck. Sorry. I had cramp over a longer period. Work closely with your prescriber. If you've got one that you can speak to unlike Titration Alex. officer titration officer to tell them how you're doing and whether it's worth um, persevering with your medication you're on or, or trying another. If the side effects are manageable and you're getting some benefits, carry on. But if you can't cope with the side effects or they haven't settled down, it's probably worth changing. And give it time because with a lot of people, um, when you have a dose change or you first start, you do get some side effects. But with me, they did settle down. And so it was kind of worth. So when I first started medication, I wanted to just skip through it and get to the higher dose. But actually going slowly at each stage and letting the side effects calm down before I then moved on was really beneficial for me. And it didn't have any, I haven't had that many side effects apart from, inc sorry, I don't know why I'm clicking, apart from increased oh, um, <laughs> increased ticks. Like it hasn't affected my sleep. I've always been shit at sleeping. My appetite is as good as ever, if if not better. Um, I do go into hyper-focus a bit more. That's the only thing, but I don't, I don't mind that. Um, that's fine for me. I can definitely focus a lot more. I've gone off topic. Alex, what about you? Sorry, amused me. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with all, all of everything you've said, actually. Okay, I think great. Don't, so, don't, this was... <laughs> no, don't expect too much would be the watchword of what, what you've both just said, really. The meds don't help with everything ADHD. They don't help with a lot of the things people report, struggles and problems with ADHD in the um, emotional side of things. What they do is help with some of the real core things, such as being able to maintain attention. And that's important as well, because if you choose to do something like a hyperfocus, they don't stop you. They'll enable that. And people often say to me, oh, I hated those drugs. I took them. And then I'm spending three hours on Wikipedia researching woodpeckers or similar. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because you're still a, you as a human. You're not a, a robot. You're going to you've got to still make choices and decide and learn things which is my next top tip really which is once you're on a, a stable dose for you of the meds if you are on the meds and stay on them ask yourself okay shit what next because ADHD doesn't stop there and shouldn't stop there the psychoeducation we do and the self-education we know most of you do 
is a fundamental adjunct therapy, quite frankly. And it's that with the meds, if you take them and anything else you can do to, to develop that will like lead you to that peaceful wildness, James, and, and help you on your journey towards <laughs> living healthily. I like it that he's not in the mood to destroy me for these. <laughs> With ADHD, but well, that's it. Really, is to is to have it reduce your expectations that they're anything other than an an adjunct and a way to just focus a bit more on the things you choose to a bit. I guess that's Lovely. it. Thank you, Alex. Product recommendation of the week. It says drugs here, but I'm going to say some sort of tracker. And you could just do this yourself, actually. All I do as my tracker is I've just got a spreadsheet. and I've just got the numbers from one to like 31 and then above it each um, month. And I write down everything each day when I remember. I haven't done it for weeks. But when I do remember, I put it in. My cycle, everything, everything, everything that could be affecting my mind and, and everything else I write down in there so that I can track it and make sure that you know obviously I've been taking the medication all month so if I've got these fluctuations maybe it's down to something else so a tracker that's what episode got... wait what? I've got a question did you spot any times where it oh was god due to yeah something else? yeah hormones massively hormones are the main things that affect yeah. me every, and every month I forget and have to have it pointed out to me even though I'm writing it in the tracker I don't bother looking at it to see if there's any sort of trend Amazing. yeah I know it doesn't work well but it might work well for others anyway that was episode 92 of the ADHD adults podcast and it was on medication titration if by a miracle you enjoyed this podcast why not support the charity on the link provided and because I'm at the helm this week I want to make it clear that all the money raised goes directly to the charity we we do not receive a penny for this amazing work that we do. Terrible work that we do. We've got big plans in the future to help as many people as we possibly can. And all the money raised for the charity goes directly towards those plans. If you like us, contact us on Discord, the socials. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, all.